It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. Any news today, Tito, at all? (laughs) (laughs) Dang, Rosie. (laughs) That's your job. This is the Rosie Report. The next round's on Rosie, and we'll read his credit card number here in just a moment. Regular season roundup. Catch it, Rosie! Nicely done, Rosebud. Now, here's Jim Rosenhouse. What a night it was on the West Coast last night in the Pacific Northwest as the Indians opened up their first West Coast road trip since 2019 with a 4-2 victory over the Mariners. But that doesn't begin to tell the story of the game last night. Jim Rosenhouse along with you. It is the Rosie Report regular season roundup episode number 25 west coast edition if you didn't stay up late last night that's okay it was a 10-10 first pitch we'll get you caught up as the indians were facing logan gilbert making his major league debut for the mariners and it looked like they had a really good game plan going in and they executed as the long ball came into play early reyes batting 265 eight home runs 23 driven in Pitch to him is swung on and blasted dead center. Back on it is Lewis, but he'll watch it go. Home run, Fran Mill Reyes to dead center. And the Indians take a 1-0 lead. Here's the pitch. Swung on, and there's a high fly ball to right. It's deep. Back on it, Hanniger, And it's a home run, Jose Ramirez. And American League leading 11th home run for Ramirez. And the Indians are now in front 4-0. So the Indians get those four runs quickly. Meanwhile, Zach Plesak was terrific, just about perfect. He walked three in the early innings, but had not allowed a base hit as the game went deeper and deeper. And he got to the eighth inning. With the no-hitter intact, facing J.P. Crawford to lead things off for Seattle. The Mariners, eight days ago, fell victim to a no-hitter. John Means of the Orioles no-hit the Mariners right here at T-Mobile Park. And there's a swing and a line drive. Base hit into center field. Oh, Plesak with a, a big smile of frustration, I think. And... Just kind of an old man look on his face as it was a line drive, but just over the leaping attempt of the shortstop, Rosario, who just could not get it. It was inches above his glove, and there's the first hit for the Mariners. So the no-hitter went by the boards. The Mariners put two on the board in the eighth inning and had the bases loaded in the bottom half of the ninth with two outs. Emmanuel Classe had walked the bases loaded, so Terry Francona went to Brian Shaw, who would finish things up. Shaw shakes off a sign or two from Hedges. Now he has the one he wants. The right-hander 
Sets of the letters, the pitch. Swing and a miss. Strike three. And the Tribe escapes with a 4-2 win in Seattle. Great work by Brian Shaw. What a way to open the road trip. Tribe wins it 4-2. What a game to get the road trip started. Afterward, Tito talked about the effort by Plesak and the entire ball club. Tito, what do you, you think of Zach tonight? I thought he was obviously really good. You know, the first inning, he had a couple walks, pitched around it, and then for about seven innings, man, it was about as good as you could be. You know, throwing all his pitches for strikes. And then in the eighth, all of a sudden, he started some, some balls up, especially his change up. And, you know, they hit the home run. They had the base hit up the middle on the changeup. And then they had a line out to the left. So, you know, I thought we were starting to get to a point where, you know, it's probably time to get to the bullpen. You know, you talk about he doesn't walk a lot of people usually. And he just told me in the postgame he was – he thought he was being a little too fine with all his pitches early. And he said Hedge kind of got on him. We talk about your catchers all the time, but how important is to have a veteran catcher like Hedge that, that got him into a, the, the rhythm he needed? You know, me and Carl were talking do, during the game. It's been so nice to see because when Hedgie was catching the odd game when, you know, when Berto was here, his enthusiasm during the games was incredible. But it's now that he's catching the majority of the games, his enthusiasm for the right things is there every night, and it's meaningful, and it's noticeable, and, and we appreciate it. He's done a good job. You called Shaw, a, he would be a wild card. You said that in spring training. Um, just how nice in, in the ninth inning where Luke Plaza had it to be able to, to get Shaw to bring you and get you out of that. Yeah, I mean, I, I, did, I really didn't want to get Classe, but the way the inning was unfolding, you know, he just looked like he lost the plate. And I just wanted to give Shaw a little bit of wiggle room if possible. It was kind of amazing that he could get ready that quick. Um, but you know what? We end up we – win we win a close game, and you know what? That's what we set out to do. How much did it help getting Framel to jump on the, the rookie early just to settle everybody in to start this trip? I mean, kid's got a, obviously got a good arm. And Framil got a breaking ball and hit it well. And then we hit a couple fastballs. You know, Hosey got a good fastball, and he hit, did what he can do. Um, but I can see why they really like the kid. I mean, he's got some, you know, length to his – it looks like he's stepping on you when he lets the ball go. There's a lot to like. And Zach Plesak also weighed in on quite a performance last night. Zach, how much do you wish that Ahmed was about six foot six? I wish uh, I could give him like just one inch of my height for that. Uh, no, I mean, shoot, he made a close play. I mean, he was playing in the right spot. You know, the dude just made a good swing. JP did, and uh, you know, executed what he was supposed to do with two strikes. I think we talked about it a little bit uh, from your previous start, but Tito was talking again today about how Carl Willis had you kind of close up your landing leg a little bit, and that's kind of made everything a little bit sharper. Just what's kind of been the, the difference in feeling that that adjustment has kind of given you the last few starts? Uh, I mean, really mechanically, like, I'm not really focused mechanically. I'm just focused on my rhythm. I'm not really thinking about front landing leg. Um, I mean, I just found a good idea of what I need to do and, the feelings I need to have really just moving down the mound. I kind of took thinking out of it, um, which I was doing a lot before when my pitches were flat. So, I mean, really just 
finding that feel, squaring up home plate, and executing my pitches, you know? Zach, did I hear that you had issues with your shoes or your cleats or something like that? Yeah, I um, I, I must have forgot to pack my, my road cleats on my bag. I usually pack a pair of gym shoes and my, my gray cleats, and I packed two pairs of gym shoes. So I thought I must have packed some cleats in there, but I get a text this morning, and it was from B. Biller, and he was telling me that uh, you didn't have any cleats in your bag. So he made a run to Dick's Sporting Goods, picked me up some cleats, and I had to rock Adidas. So they didn't have a lot of selection for me, and the sizes, you know, were limited too. So he picked me up some some black low tops, you know, and I rock the high tops and especially all grays. I'm not rocking black cleats out there. Uh, <laughs> but, um, you know, they, we do what we had to do. And shout out to B. Biller for making a run for me, having some cleats to fish today. Did you at least get the right size? Yeah, I got the right size. Actually, they didn't have – I wear 13 and a half. Um, he picked up a 13 and a 14, and we just stretched out the 13s. Made them work. Did you at any point in time – you know, Tito always talks about no hitters. All people, you got to have a great plays made behind you early. And obviously, you had the first pitch of the game. You know, you you get one from Naylor. In your mind, did you think you were getting ready to throw a no hitter? Yeah, it was actually crazy. Like, there's a lot of there's been a lot of coincidence happening, um, and it's just been. It was like I felt the energy of it happening. You know, what I mean, it was um, you. I you could feel it in the air. Really, you know. I would go make trips to the clubhouse, you know, for the rally time, um, a few times on the road and at work. There were a lot of coincidences happening that, you know, and after that big play was made, um, and then I get through the fifth, um, a couple other good plays were made, a loud out was happening to shortstop. And I was like, you know, I felt I felt like it was happening. So um, definitely, definitely felt it um, in the air, especially when those plays are getting made behind you. I mean, you know that we're just a couple of days short of the 40th anniversary of the last time it happened for the Indians, right? It, it, did any of that, you know, hit you afterwards, after it was over and you you were able to relax sort of in the dugout? Yeah, no, I mean, no, I think if it would have been on the day, probably would have got more lucky. But, uh, <laughs> I mean, no, nah, man, it was it was insane. The seventh, the eighth inning was a lot more different than the seventh, that's for sure. You could feel the energy, just six more outs. Um, you know, I made a couple good pitches to JP, um, and then my changeup was working for me all night, you know, so I felt comfortable throwing it. Um, but, you know, I just kind of spun through it instead of getting through it, and it kind of stayed over the plate, um, allowed him to get the bat on it. So, um, you know, at the end of the day, we got the win, you know, so that's all that matters to me. Well, one of the big stories for the Indians has been the work of their bullpen. Brian Sweeney is the Indians' bullpen coach, and we had a chance to catch up with him recently and talk about the exploits of the men entrusted with preserving leads and keeping games close. Uh, first of all, thanks for having me, Rosie. It's always good to talk to you. Um, you know, the, these guys, it, it's been it's been a fun month, right? It's a, it's a long season. We like to continue, uh, you know, with the, with the good effort that we put out there. And it's really cool how before the season even started, these guys kind of came together and, and wanted to put an identity together, uh, you know, create a culture before the season start, get to know each other. Um, you know, and I think that's the biggest part. You know, these guys have each other's backs, uh, and they take care of one another. And um, a lot of times that translates to good success on the field. And we're not going to go through every relief pitcher. Obviously, what Emmanuel Classe and James Karinchak have been doing at the back end has been tremendous. But maybe a surprise for some, 
has been the work of Brian Shaw coming in here after some difficult seasons. And I mean, he's every bit as good as he was the first time through. And uh, what have you seen from him, both what he's doing statistically and also what he means to the rest of that pen? Uh, not, not really a surprise for us. You know, this is, uh, you know, this is what we expected. I mean, the guy, the guy can pitch. He, he's a smart pitcher. He's got more weapons now. Uh, he attacks hitters. Uh, j- just a pro. And it's, it's, it's really cool to have his presence down in the bullpen because he's been through the thick and thin of things uh, and is getting better with age. So to have a guy like that um, you know, down in the bullpen is uh, fantastic. All right, let's go to the back anyway. And, uh, <laughs> so Emmanuel Classe, um, you know, he's doing a nice job closing, but it's probably easy to forget that, I mean, this guy's really young in terms of age and his major league career. And, and what's impressed you most as he's navigated his way through a, a role that I know he wanted to do? You, you know, I've been really impressed with his, the, the knowledge of baseball. Um, he's very aware of the things that go on around him. Uh, you know, we have, you know, I give, I give out um, cards uh, before the game, you know, that these guys put in their hats and the catchers have it. And I made a mistake on there that, that would be, might be a problem during the game. And he picked up on it very quickly and brought it to my attention, um, you know, so it wouldn't happen again. And I've just been really impressed with how he's handled himself, um, you know, and his knowledge of the game. James Karinchek, the, the outward to fans, uh, there's a lot going on there every time he's on the mound, and, and it's fun. But uh, how serious is he about his craft and, and going about it? You know, every one of those guys down there really care about what they do. They're pros. They know how to pitch. And, you know, you try to provide an environment for them to succeed. And, you know, James is no different. Um, he really cares about what he does. He cares about his teammates and he's probably the biggest cheerleader down there uh, for everybody. It's been, it's been really cool to see his development as a, you know, as a pitcher and as a person, uh, you know, these past few years. And it's, uh, you know, an exciting year for him. And what about the new guy, Nick Sandlin? He's come in and, and, and done the job. And, and what have you liked so far with him? Oh, man, a heartbeat. He hasn't changed ever since I first met him. You know, he's, you know, down-to-earth guy, quiet, uh, you know, quiet assassin. And, you know, everybody knew this guy can throw the baseball but how, you know what would happen you know you know under the lights at the big league level and uh, as you can see in what his third outing of the year he's put he's put into some trouble and did a fantastic job uh you know get, getting out of that you know that jam in Kansas City and you know the guy the guy has some weapons and just a great addition to the bullpen Switching gears now with Brian Sweeney, Indians bullpen coach. Regular listeners of our shows may or may not know that you are a firefighter back home in the offseason in upstate New York. And I know the bullpen has gotten together with a a program called Ready to Respond. Fill us in on on what's going on with the Indians bullpen to to help out local fire and, and EMS and police. Wait, first of all, how'd you hear about that? Bart Swain put out an email to us and said, hey, why don't you ask Brian about this great program? Oh, but it really is a great program. I know you're going to be modest about it, but what do you have going on? Oh, my goodness. Um, you know what? The, guy, the guys in the bullpen, you know, they wanted to reach out into the community. They, they care about what they do, and, you know, sometimes they're playing for something bigger, bigger than themselves. And to reach out and support first responders, which is near and dear to my heart, is a really cool thing. So uh, we're trying to get some – uh, some 
fans in the stands, some first responders in the stands and, you know, send out a message to them and just let them know that, uh, you know, what they do is, is important. It's hard. And if they can come to a game and kick their feet up and, and, and enjoy the try, play some baseball, then that, that's, uh, that's the least we can do. Great stuff, Brian. Thanks so much for coming by and, uh, keep it rolling. It's uh, it's a fun time to watch it when the bullpen comes into games. Thank you. I appreciate it, Rosie. Brian Sweeney, a good egg, getting some good things done in that tribe bullpen, and also for first responders in Northeast Ohio, and certainly he lives that in the offseason as a volunteer firefighter back home in the Albany area of upstate New York. That's going to do it for this edition of the Rosie Report, episode 25 in the books. Tribe Talk will get you through the weekend in podcast form, so we hope you can tune to that. It drops usually late in the day on Saturday. Thanks to Bart Swain, Courtberry Tripp, Austin Controllis for all of their help and keeping this podcast moving forward. Until next time, I'm Jim Rosenhouse. Thanks as always for listening and downloading the Rosie Report. This has been the Rosie Report. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.